Hello, and welcome to the weekly worship podcast for Fuquay Arena, United Methodist Church. We think it's important, not just that you listen today, but we would invite you to worship with us today. If you'd like to further engage your faith or the community around you and like to partner with us, uh, please visit our website, fvumc.org, for more information. Also, we'd love to hang out with you on a Sunday morning, whether that's live, online, or in person. Online on Sunday mornings on our website or Facebook page or YouTube channel, you can enjoy the venue with us, which is a worship service crafted for community online, or you can join our live in-person services online at 1010 for our contemporary, 1115 for our traditional. If you'd like to worship in person with us, we have worship at 9 o'clock and 1010 for our contemporary worship services and 1115 for our traditional worship. At the end of the day, we believe that when and where you worship is not nearly as important as that you worship. And so we're so glad to be with you today, worshiping together. Well, hey, everybody, it's great to be together with you today. We are continuing on in our conversation uh, around the image of God or the Imago Day with our series reflecting the image of God. We've been having this conversation for uh, four weeks, four weeks, um, and we got three left to go. Uh, so we're kind of halfway through. I thought I'd just take a moment to pause and kind of capture where we are. Um, uh, the um, the very first week we were together, we kind of asked the question, why are we even discussing this? Um, and we pointed to uh, a, the, the Apostle Paul, who we're going to read some of his work today. Uh, he was like a pastor in the early church. Uh, and he returns to the image of God to make a case for who we are called to be today in the world, uh, to make a claim about what he thinks Jesus is doing. Um, and uh, we said that his concerns were theological, pastoral, and what I've been calling moral missional. Moral and missional, but smarched together into one hyphenated uh, word because it's both at the same time. We're going to get to there, uh, hopefully by the end of our time together today. Um, theologically, uh, I think it's super important for us to be talking about this. One, it's a great topic. And two, this is a great season of the year to just do some deep theological dives onto things that we might not think about ordinarily. Um, but this idea that we are created in the image of God starts on the very first page of the Bible and is like underlines everything that the Bible does for the rest of the time, underscores everything. Even if it's not talking about it, it's there. Um, it's an assumption. It's part of the assumptive reality of scripture. Um, we talked the first two weeks about the creation story and how that um, idea, this concept gets traced through the Old Testament. Uh, the past two weeks, we've talked about Jesus and how Jesus kind of wrestles with it, deals with it. Uh, this week and next week, we're going to look at how it gets used in the early church. Uh, and then the final week, we're going to kind of talk about the end of the story and what it means for the end of creation, for the end of our being together. Um, and Hope's got that one. So um, we, you know, we're trying to like hold this theological idea across the whole time. And and hopefully what it's doing is not just talking about theology for the sake of talking about theology, but uh, it's helping us sort of reframe, uh, expand our understanding of who we believe God to be, how we believe God sees us, who we believe ourselves to be. And what we believe that Jesus was doing for us so that we can be a particular type of people in the world. Uh, and it's really challenging uh, challenging us to think a little bit bigger about some of those things. Um, uh, put, put God in a bigger box than the small one that we sometimes uh, want to put God into. So theological. But we also have pastoral desire. I think for Paul and for us, um, we really want people to recognize that they're made in the image of God. We think that's like such an important part of recognizing our full humanity, each and every single one of us, 
Uh, and I know that sometimes that can be harder for us to do. Um, Saul, uh, two weeks ago, said, uh, tells the story of the woman at the well. And he says that she goes to tell her friends, come and meet, come and meet the man who sees me as I am and loves me anyway. Uh, and I think that that is just a beautiful word uh, that all of us need to be able to hold on to. So there's like a pastoral nature to it. Uh, also, this idea that Jesus came to restore the image of God in us, like that's the work that Jesus wants to do in us uh, for us to be whole and healthy um, and the people that God has created us to be. Um, and so that's a pastoral uh, heart as well, I think both for Paul and for us. And then finally, uh, moral missional, like who we are in the world, how we live and work and be in the world that's around us uh, is super duper important um, because God has called us to be a part of God's work uh, in the world to renew all of creation. Uh, Hope last week talked about how Jesus was always inviting us to be more than just bystanders to the work of God. Uh, she used the example of like three people working on a job together where one person's doing all the work and the other two people are just, uh, you know, supervising she was very much nicer than I would have been. It reminds me of my favorite meme, which I know y'all have probably heard me say before, but uh, it says that I can't wait until I die and I'm going to invite all the people from my last group project to be my pallbearers so they can let me down one last time. Like, I just feel like we're, we're in a group project with God and we are not always great participants or great partners in it. Um, anyway, uh, that's another subject uh, actually for last week, not even for another day. Um, but uh, that we're called to be a particular type of, like in, invested in the work that God is doing to renew and restore all of creation. And unless we ourselves have been changed and transformed, uh, we cannot fully participate with God in the change and transformation of all of creation. Um, so theological, pastoral, moral, missional, all these things are concerns uh, for us in the series and for Paul. Uh, today, you know, as we move through kind of the Jesus and into the New testament part of things, uh, I'd love for you to hear how Paul holds all three of those things together. Uh, it's got like a lot of ground to cover in the next 10 minutes or so. Uh, but hopefully, um, hopefully you'll see some of what uh, has got me real fired up and, um, and what that might mean for us in our lives together. So we'll start with theological. I want to read uh, from a book of the Bible called Colossians. It's Paul's letter to the Colossians, which was a bunch of different churches in a whole region. Um, Paul didn't start those churches necessarily, uh, but one of the disciples that he kind of built up at, in, at Ephesus, Ephesians, and sent out to this area, uh, came back and was like, hey man, there's like a ton of churches out here. So Paul writes a letter to kind of circulate from church to church and offer them encouragement. Uh, and this is a part of that letter. And in chapter one, verse 15, you go read the whole thing. Uh, in chapter one, verse 15, he starts with this beautiful, like poetic hymn. It's a theological hymn about who Jesus is and what Jesus is doing. I just want you to hear, uh, hear these words because he draws on the image of God language. He says, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him, all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers and powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things. And in him, all things are held together. Important words. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him, God was pleased to reconcile all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. So we have in this last little statement, a summary of everything that's come before. Things visible, things invisible, 
powers, things minute, things big. Jesus is all of those things kind of holding everything in heaven and on earth together. The fullness of God was pleased to dwell in Jesus. He is the image. He is the image of the invisible God in its fullness. So that, second half of that passage, um, God could reconcile, hold together, that God could reconcile all things together in heaven and on earth. He says, he goes on, and you who were once estranged and hostile, separated in mind by doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled, brought back together in his fleshly body through his death. So as to present you, y'all, holy and blameless and irreproachable before him, provided that you continue securely established and steadfast in the faith. He says um, uh, that I, you know, this is, this is the hope for which he is living and leading. He says, I, Paul, have become a servant of this gospel, of this gospel of hope. Um, that's his theological claim. That's his theological stake. And then he takes that theological idea, right? And he, he takes it a little bit further to what that means for us. So I'm going to jump around a little bit, um, but I, uh, you can go, like I said, you should go read the whole thing. Uh, now I'm in chapter two, verse six. Uh, he says, as you therefore have received Jesus Christ, the Lord, continue to live your lives in him, Jesus, in him, rooted and built up, or I like grounded as another translation says, rooted and grounded in him, established in your faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. One of the creation narratives that we tell, we're going to deal with this more next week, uh, says that basically God planted us in a garden, that God planted us in a garden. Um, that God shaped us and formed us out of the dust of the earth, breathed into the, us the breath of life and planted us in a garden with all of the other plants that God planted in the garden. And um, so I think that Paul here is just reaching back to that idea of our creation. He's reminding us that when we take this theology, before we can do anything else with it out in the world, we have to remember that we are built and created in the image, uh, in the image of God. Um, and I, I'll say two things about that. One, uh, sometimes when it's hard for me to see myself as being in the image of God, it's like more in a discipleshipy sort of way. Uh, we're told uh, that we're supposed to like be like Jesus. You know, what would Jesus do? That we're supposed to look like Jesus, act like Jesus, be like Jesus, that we're Jesus apprentices. Uh, I heard someone uh, talking about this passage uh, said that uh, what is true of Jesus is now becoming true of you. Uh, but Jesus uh, lived a long time ago. <laughs> and, I mean, lives, but was in flesh a long time ago um, on the earth. And uh, in a context that is not mine. And sometimes it's really hard for me to read scripture and think to myself like, well, I just, I guess got to hang out with some lepers. Like that's not, not a thing I got to do in my everyday life. It's hard for me, um, hard for me to associate that. I'm really thankful for some words, uh, by, uh, a professor, a pastor named Justo Gonzalez. Uh, he's a Methodist pastor here in the States, uh, from Cuba originally. Um, just a really prolific author, super helpful to, to lots of us in the ways that he uh, writes. But one of the things that he's put together is what he calls the Hispanic Creed. It's his sort of adaptation of many of the creeds that we share. Uh, and I think probably because of the experience that he had, you know, uh, being born, raised in Cuba, and then coming to, to do ministry in the United States, um, I think probably lent him to understanding what it was like to live in a culture that's not his own. But uh, he uses those words to reflect on who Jesus is in a way that I think is really beautiful and helpful. Uh, he says, as a, in a part of the creed, he says, We believe in Jesus Christ, his son, our Lord. God made flesh in a person for all humanity, or like in a human for all humanity. God made flesh in an age for all the ages. God made flesh in one culture for all the cultures. God made flesh in love and grace for all of creation. 
Uh, and I just love the way that that really kind of includes me, even though I'm not a first century Palestinian individual. <laughs> um, it lets me, it just reminds me that I can be in Christ, uh, who was one flesh for all fleshes, right? One person for all persons, one human for all humanity, one age for all ages, one culture for all cultures. Um, a really beautiful thing. And maybe a helpful reminder for all of us. In fact, um, part of me has wanted to start calling this the nuh uh-huh series, because uh, I feel like every week we make the same claim. You are created in the image of God. And I feel like every week there are people that are listening and they're like, nuh-uh. And then we're like, yeah, uh-huh. uh, that's maybe a, dare, a terrible name for a series. But um, I like, uh, we're going to go on to talk about sort of some of the missional, uh, moral missional stuff that Paul gets to. Uh, but before we leave to go do that, like, I just want to name, if that's where you are, like if we're saying, hey, you're made in the image of God and you're thinking, nuh-uh, um, yeah, huh. Uh, and I, w- I would really encourage you to spend some time thinking about uh, that and 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 maybe just spend the rest of our time together praying rather than listening. Um, uh, I don't know like why, what that would be for you that's preventing you from seeing that you were made in the image of God, uh, but I think that's so foundational to everything else. Um, I really just want to encourage you to hang out there. Um, I heard someone say this week that they feel like in their old age, all their dignity has been stripped away from them. Um, and I think sometimes with dignity goes identity. So I would see it would be hard maybe in that state of being to feel like you're made in the image of God and your current person, right? In your current personhood. Um, I think a lot of us give ourselves away. We give ourselves away to our kids, our spouses, our parents, our work, and we give our identity away to others. It might be hard then to claim that we are made in the image of God if all we are defined uh, by is the stuff that we give away or defined by the people to whom we give it away. Um, Or perhaps, um, you know, I think we live in a world that always is vying to tell us who we are. You are who I say you are uh, so that I can sell you something or give you something or convince you of something. Um, We are the product for many people. Um, and, And so maybe it's just hard in the cacophony of those voices to hear the voice of God cutting through all that saying, no, I made you and I made you like me. You are made in the image of God. So if that's not a place you can get yet, uh, just hang out there. Maybe write a sticky note and write nuh-uh, yeah, huh on it. Or, you know, I'm made in the image of God. Put it on your mirror um, and just live, like live in that moment for a bit. And just I invite you to, to really wrestle wrestle with that. Uh, for those who are ready to go on, uh, I'm going to push us ahead to Colossians chapter 3, uh, verse 9, or at least the second half of it. And between chapter 2 and chapter 3, um, Paul goes through like a long list of things we ought not continue to do and a long list of things that we ought to start doing. Uh, And I think it's easy for us to get lost in those. uh, So I'm not going to read them, um, but I want you to hear the summary of how he said, like why he says all those things matter. Um, He says, uh, see that you have stripped off, taken off the old self with its practices, its morals, its morality, and have clothed yourself with the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge according to the image of its creator. So, You're taking off your old self, like this kind of corrupted way, and you're putting on your new self. You're being clothed in Christ, who is the perfect, full, original uh, image of God, the OG, right? The OI, the original image, OG, original image of God. Hey, that works. Um, That's what he's asking us and inviting us to do. I I think it's easy for us um, when we read all those rules to like think about it in a really moral, specific way. Uh, Do this and be saved. That is a a way that we often tend to reflect on and think about the work of God, who we're called to be, what that means for us. Uh, but I think Paul has like something different in store for us here. Like there's a, dip, a deeper meaning to that. Um, Paul, I think, is, is saying, 
who we are needs to change so that what we do can change so that we can participate in what God is doing in the world. Uh, to say it a little bit differently, totally other context. I heard someone say this week that our uh, capacity is built on our character. Our capacity is built on our character. I almost wanted to translate that and say our actions are built on our aptitude because it has to be an alliteration. Um, but I like both of them, right? Our capacity, our actions, what we do is built on who we are, right? Our character or our aptitude, like who we who we are in our core. Um, and Paul is saying, we're going to continue to do the things we don't want to do. Um, we're going to continue to do things that don't follow the morals or the way of Jesus if we haven't been transformed um, into the nature and character of Jesus. Like if we haven't had the the, the uh, image of God restored in us, if we haven't put on Christ, if we haven't put on that new self. Think about it this way. When you're sick, you are like a shell of yourself. You're a distorted version of yourself. You're still yourself, but you just walk around the house. You're like hunched over. You're cranky with everyone. You're hot. You're cold. You're hungry. You're full. You're whatever. You're just out of sorts, right? Stuffed up, just not quite able to think through the fog, like whatever it is. But when you are healed, and we think of Jesus as the great physician, right, who restores us to our full unsick self, like back to the image of God. When we're healed of that, we're, we're back to ourself. We're able to, to do the things that we always do, to act the way we always act, to be the people we always are. And so I think for Jesus, uh, for Paul, like being restored by Jesus, like be the renewal of our image of God in us is what is actually at stake in him. Not just what we do, yes, but what we do because what we do our capacity is built on a foundation of our character, who we are. Our actions are built on our aptitude, like what, what we are made to be and to do. So I think that's what Paul ultimately uh, ultimately has in store for us. Um, and so you can read the list of rules. I don't think Paul is trying to take the law of the Old Testament away and give us the new law of Jesus. Um, I think that he's saying when we are renewed, we are freed to be a different type of people in the world so that as a different type of people in the world, we can participate in the work that God is doing. In a sense, if God is at work renewing and restoring and transforming the world, we cannot be a part of that until we ourselves have been renewed and restored and transformed. Um, I got a physical last week. I had to switch doctors a couple of years ago, and I love both of my doctors for very different reasons. Um, my old doctor was like the like Sherlock Holmes, old school kind of doc. Like he would always do all these weird little tests and things as he was poking and prodding around and uh, taking blood or whatever. And he was always asking me questions that seemed like they were totally irrelevant. And then he would always come to some conclusion about my lack of health. Um, the the new doctor uh, just looked at my numbers, right? In fact, at one point in time, he like plugged some stuff in and clicked a button. He just ran an algorithm on the likelihood that I'm going to die of a heart attack is what he did. And uh, and he said that my chances of dying from a heart attack are super low. Uh, what he should have said was you need to eat less barbecue is what he should have said. But he didn't ask me any questions. He didn't Sherlock Holmes me. Uh, and I basically, I duped him. I duped him. He was looking at some things and he was saying by virtue of these things, by virtue of the actions that I see here, um, you're healthy. You're healthy. It looks like you're doing the right things. But he was not with me the last time I ran and my heart was going to explode out of my chest. My, I am clearly not healthy. Uh, but I fooled him, which I don't think was the purpose. <laughs> That's not the point of going to get a physical, right? Um, and by the way, when I say I ran, I just qualify like from the church to my house, which is like 200 meters because I forgot my iPad. Anyway, my point is this, like our job is not to just do actions, to dupe Jesus into thinking that we're good people. 
Uh, our job is to invite Jesus to transform us, right? To, to take off the old self and to put on the new self so that being renewed and restored, we can be people who are healthy and do healthy things, uh, not just to try to, uh, you know, shield our shame from the great physician, uh, from the great physician. And so I want to encourage you to think about what that would look like for you in a, a moral missional sort of way. Uh, do you need to take something off or do you need to focus on putting something on? Uh, after I do yard work, I need to take my yard work clothes off because I smell like the yard A, but particularly because I hate doing yard work. And I need to take that off. I need to take that off so that I can take off my grumbling. So I can change my attitude from my negative attitude. I need to really work to take that off, right? When I come home from work, I don't mind work. I love work. I love my work clothes. It doesn't bother me. But when I put on my play clothes, it's like I become a different sort of person and I'm free to be fully present with my kids. So I don't know if you need to take something off, if that's what you need to work on, or if you need to work on putting something on. But I would encourage you, whether it's taking off the old self or putting on the new self, to be in the Messiah, to find yourself rooted and grounded in the goodness of Jesus so that you can be changed changed and transformed in all the ways that God desires to change and transform you so that you can be a a part of God's great work to change and transform the world. Let's go take a bite of that this week. We'll see you guys uh, next weekend. Again, it's been great to worship together with you today. If you would like to engage your faith or the community around you, we'd love to partner with you in that. You can visit our website, fvumc.org to find out more information on what that looks like or to reach out to us. I'd like to extend another invitation for you to come and join us online or in person on Sunday mornings live. Uh, And while you're on our website, uh, again, if this is a regular place that you find spiritual sustenance, we'd love to partner with you as we serve our community here in the greater Fuquay Verena area. Um, FVUMC.org slash give would help you uh, join with us in all of the wonderful work that happens in and through this family of faith here at Fuquay Verena United Methodist Church. It's been great to worship together with you, and we look forward to doing again soon.